Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to yet another episode of TV7 Times Observer. I'm Jonathan Hassan and joining me all the way from the United States is my dear brother in Christ and friend, Mr. Amir Tsalfati. Amir, how are you today? Wonderful, Jonathan. I'm here in Southern California, ahead of a, a very long uh, speaking tour, but thank you for having me. I'm blessed to be here. Praise God. All right, Amir, how about we open with prayer and then we'll dive into a topic today as uh, we're looking all of, around us and, and we realize how challenging things may be. Uh, and uh, we still need to remember that God is in control and we should focus on him. But let's start with uh, inviting the Lord to join us into uh, this discussion. Yes, Father, we thank you so much that uh, wherever you, uh, two or three gather in your name, you're in our midst. We thank you that uh, you're now uh, here and that uh, you are delighted uh, when your children are around your word and speaking of your plans and your promises and and focusing on who you are and on not how we feel and who we are. Father, I ask that this broadcast will bring glory and honor to your name, but also much hope and encouragement to your people. We ask that uh, you will keep reminding us that no weapons that is formed against us shall ever prosper and that your word will be a light unto a path and a lamp unto our feet. We thank you and we bless you in the name of Yeshua, who is the Holy One of Israel, and also the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Peace, and he's the only one that can truly, in these very dark days, give us peace. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, uh, Amir, for today's uh, reading, we'll start with Psalm 67. Uh, Psalm 67, Samech Zayn. Uh, I will start in Hebrew, and if you will follow up in English and provide us some insight uh, thereafter, okay. I'd appreciate that. So, Teilim Samech Zayin Lamenatzeach Beneginot Mizmor Shir Adonai Chanenu Veevarchenu Yaer Panav Itanu Sela Ladad Baaretz Darkecha Bekol Goim Yeshuatcha Yoducha Amim Ad Elohim Yoducha Amim Kulam Yesamchu וירננו לאומים, כי תשפוט עמים מישור, ולאומים בארץ תנחם סלע. יודוך העמים אלוהים, יודוך העמים כולם, ארץ נתנה יבולה, יברכנו אלוהים אלוהינו, יברכנו אלוהים, ויראו אותו כל אפסי ארץ. אמן ואמן. אמן. God be merciful to us and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us, Selah, that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth, Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. And all the ends of the earth 
shall fear him. Uh, this is uh, a beautiful, beautiful uh, prayer of in, in invocation. And this uh, prayer is a, it's a prayer that goes beyond what normally uh, the nation of Israel was used to. We're normally talking about Israel and about he's the God of Israel. He will bless his nation, Israel. And look at this. Uh, it goes beyond that to your salvation among all nations. And that reminds me that of the mystery of Christ, which is mm. that the Gentiles are now co-heirs of the kingdom, which is God is the creator of the universe. I always tell people, Jonathan, that God is not Jewish and Jesus is not Christian. You know, if anything, God is the creator of the whole world and Jesus is not the follower of Christ. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. And oftentimes we put God in a box and we think, uh, you know, of a different thing. But but if you really think about it, Jonathan, this description is a is the wish of the of, of the writer. And that's, of course, what God wants. But in reality, when will that happen, that all the nations will follow him and bless him and all of that? It will only happen in a, in a limited way during the millennial kingdom when Jesus will physically reign from Jerusalem, but even more so uh, later on when he will make all things new. Because unfortunately, as you know, our world is getting darker and darker and Christ is becoming more and more distant, even among people who claim to be religious authorities on his behalf. So um, um, uh, this is a beautiful reminder that God is the God of the whole world. It's a beautiful reminder that the true blessing comes from him. It's a beautiful reminder that he's a personal God. Look, God, our own God. He's a personal God. And it's also a beautiful reminder that the day will come and all the earth is going to fear him. This is, this is going to happen. Now, remember that the... God is going to judge the world, and later on, the world that will be uh, here will be a world that is going to fear him. This is amazing. Amen, amen. You know, uh, two points. Uh, the first point is when God judges something, he judges it out of his own character, out of his own truth, out of his own light. And whatever darkness is at the other side ultim ultimately evaporates, it disappears it's, it's uh, driven away because of the light of God. That is uh, a light that darkness cannot withstand. Now, the second point is, what are the two most important commandments that Jesus taught us? One. Love your, 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 love your neighbor, of course. Love your God. And the second point is... Love you love your neighbor, you love the person next to you the same way that you love yourself. Now, what is the Correct. thing that uh, is uh, driv driving you in this situation? Because you love God and you want, need to love your neighbor as you love yourself, you should pro present them with that love of God. And that is... Yeah our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, how are we able to do that? If 
uh, a person living in America today or in Africa or in Europe or in Asia, our understanding, our comprehension is completely detached from one another. Our understanding are based on our education systems, on our legal systems, on our environment, on the experiences we accumulated over lifetimes. What is our way to relate when the one anchor to all is the Word of God? Yeah. You know, Jonathan, it's, it's so important that uh, what you said it, uh, regarding the Word of God being the anchor that should guide us in everything else. And it's because it's so it's so easy nowadays to grow bitter and angry and sad and anxious and all of these things. I mean, I'm, I, I watch all around me. I, sometimes I cannot recognize some Christians that I've known for years. I can't recognize them. They're so cold hearted lately. They're they they are they don't really spend time with the Lord. They spend spend time more on YouTube, watching stuff that makes them super angry. And, and I'm like, wow, it's so amazing that you can know the Lord, and yet the amount of time you spend with Him versus the amount of time you spend in the world will completely determine how you are, even as a believer. And and I see that all around me. People are, are raising the wrong banners. They are fighting the wrong battles. They are full of anger and hatred. And it's very sad to see that. It's very sad. You know, there is nothing more that Satan wants than for us to put the gospel of peace last and then fight all of our other fights first. And whereas we know, we just talked about it a few seconds ago, the only way, the only way we can uh, approach this world is with the love of God, with what he did, with the peace that now finally there is between men and God through the redemptive work of Christ. You know, there is peace with God. He is our peace. You know, that God is with us now. He's not against us now. That's it. That that is the end of it. You know, Jesus came. The Bible says, and we we talked about it in in earlier shows. When Paul was standing in the heart of Athens to the Athenians, he said to them, "All of your shenanigans in the past, all of what you did in the past, God overlooked. But now He commands all men everywhere to repent." And that's it. And so. You know, uh, we were talking about this uh, program earlier today, and we, we thought it's important to recalibrate the way we think in these evil days. Mm. The moment somebody speaks about the Word of God, it is our responsibility to challenge. Challenge that word, challenge whatever that person says, by diving into the Word of God and recognizing the Spirit of God through this, uh, the guidance of the Holy Spirit by recognizing what the Lord truly says and whether there is a foundation to what is being said. Now, at a time and age when, as you say, there is so much anger, there is so much anguish, and people are, are fed up. I'm fed up from COVID, from the ramifications thereof, from... 
the various challenges and tensions that it it has brought upon uh, the state of Israel and, and the ramifications within society, the, the limitations on travel. Uh, ultimately, it brings a lot of frustration. How are we able to break through from that? And what do you recognize uh, that the Lord is telling us through his word about times like this? When mm. each one of us looking to this program right now, we're, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, looking at this and, and saying, okay, uh, what I'm experiencing, whether I be in, in uh, again, in any country that I may be in, my experiences are related to the country I live in. But there is a point that connects, and that is the same disease that is uh, ultimately causing havoc and tensions that even may erupt into a, a uh, armed conflict on a global scale. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, first of all, I advise people more than ever before to know the word and to be in the word as much as they can if they want to draw peace and strength and encouragement and uh, much hope. Because this world is not our place to begin with. Our citizenship is heavenly. If we had any expectation that this world is a wonderful place to live in, this is, I mean, the world's full of songs. It's a wonderful world. You know, this is, uh, can get better than this. Look, it's not a wonderful world. This is a sinful world full of rebellious spirit. This is a world that is completely becoming ready for the rise of the Antichrist. It's a word that rejects God. We've seen it. The Bible tells us. God warned us. It's only going to get worse and worse. We. This is exactly why we need to be out of here. We're not of this world. We're just in this world. But our citizenship is heavenly. If we think that, um, but also we have to bring everything into the right uh, proportion, you know, um, think about countries where there is real persecution going on. Think about countries when there is real depression. You know, people spend more time on Netflix right now probably than they ever before. It's not like they're um, most of the Western world that is now so angry about freedoms being taken from it. What about the countries when there is no freedom to begin with? And, uh, you know, how about we go back to see what the world suffered throughout the 20th century? And you get a better perspective when, when you understand what the world went through already to know that this is not really the hardest thing ever. Yes, we grew, you know, complacent and things got easier and easier and easier. And suddenly we took a few steps backwards and it's not as easy. But, but I want to remind everyone that this is not the end of the world for us. COVID is, is probably at the end. We are watching the, the you know, a, a pandemic doesn't normally last more than three years. But the question is, how will we all be left after it's over? Will the church be as relevant and as strong and as vibrant as it was before COVID? Or is the church after COVID is completely smashed to pieces because of the hatred and uh, that is now growing and the division that is now deepening? That's my fear. 
You know, I believe that the world is never going to be a better place. Never, never. God will judge this world. It's going to be a severe judgment. And we will be out of here before that happens. But until then, our mandate, Jonathan, is to occupy. Our mandate is to be about our father's business. Our mandate is to be agents of righteousness, not to join anarchists in the streets and burn half of the city. It's to give the world the gospel. More than ever before, people don't have hope. I'm not talking about believers, I'm talking about non-believers. They don't have hope. They don't have any encouragement. We do have hope. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians and said, why do you act as if you have no hope? Why are you like those who have no hope? You have the hope. You have the hope of the resurrection from the dead. You have the hope of the soon rapture. You have the hope of the peace that you already have with God, that no weapons that forms against you shall prosper. You have the hope that you have this. You have the spirit of God. You are the son of God. You, you know the Lord. The world doesn't have all of these things. How come we are so depressed just like the rest of the world? We are so helpless or hopeless just like the rest of the world. Why don't we apply, you know, Jeremiah uh, 17. Jeremiah 17 uh, speaks of what a person of faith um, actually should be. Jeremiah 17, um, because it says you, you should be like a tree planted by the water. And even if there is a heat wave or there is no rain, it will still bear fruit. Because this is our testimony versus the rest of the world that the weather affects them, that the rain or the sun. When you're planted on the water of the word of God, you will always bring fruit. And then this is this is what the world should see from us. Amen, amen. Uh, how about we'll immediately dive into Jeremiah 17, because I think it's it's good for us to, to dive deeper into the words that were uttered. Uh, and uh, define what you have just stated so clearly. But let's start first with Psalm 23. It is a psalm that I, I think is not read enough and not, not emphasized enough. But while you were speaking, uh, this jumped into my heart. And I will start in Hebrew, uh, and if you may follow so in English afterwards. So, Teilim Kaf Gimel, Mizmor Le David, Adonai Roi Lo Echsar, Bin Ot Deshi Arbitseni, Almei Menuchot Yena Aleni, Nafshi Eshovev, ינחני במעגלי צדק למען שמו, גם כי אלך בגי צלמוות לא יירא רע, כי אתה עמדי, שבטך ומשענתך המה ינחמוני. תערוך לפניי שולחן נגד צורריי, דישנת בשמן ראשי, כוסי רוויה, אך טוב החסד ירדפוני כל ימי חיי, ושבתי בבית אדוני לאורך ימים. אמן. to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, You appoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Wow. I mean, David wrote it 
in one of his lowest points in his life. As a king, he was persecuted. As a king, uh, his son turned against him. You know, he was appointed king way before he was king. He knew he's the, he's the king. He knew he needs to be the king, yet he was he was on the spot, on the cross of the, you know, of the... Uh, um, Crosshairs. Exactly. Uh, uh, to... Saul wanted to kill him all the time. <laughs> Think about it. Every time they met, Saul wanted to kill him. So I'm thinking, knowing all of that, yet look, the word, he makes me, he leads me, he restores me, he leads me. Listen, it's all about, you prepare a table, your rod, you are with me. When God is the center of your life, then surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of the he refused to look at circumstances and rose above it with the word of God, with, with the character of God and the assurance that he has because of you know, the fact that God is with him. This is amazing. Let's uh, uh, jump immediately to Jeremiah 17, verses 5 until 18. Yes, so you can clearly see, um, actually... You can read verse 5, from verse 7 and on, you speak about the blessing that comes upon those who, who follow the Lord. But I, So um, I can read it from verse 5 if you want. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands, and they will not see prosperity when it comes. They will uh, dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But now comes the punchline. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that stands out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It leaves, it leaves are always green. And it has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruits. So you, you see, uh, Jonathan, and it's all a matter of the heart, as he says, that in verse 7, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? This is why we need a new heart. This is why we get a new spirit and a new heart. Create in me a new heart. You know, the heart of the man is deceitful. And so when, when we believe in the Lord, when we trust in the Lord, not in man, and I'm telling you, Jonathan, I see more and more and more Christians falling into what I call secular conservatism. And they follow man rather than God. And some of those men are vulgar, sensationalist. They're very machoist. They're very... Um, you know, that the, they have nothing of God in them. They just represent some patriotic nationalist approach, maybe, or maybe they give a, a stage to some opinions that the mainstream media will not. But is that the kind of thing we want to follow? Is this is who we are? You know, um, even though uh, we may be conservatives, conservatives 
around what? Around the word of God and, and trusting in the Lord and not trusting in men and fighting for the gospel and not for other freedoms and other, other things that we know scriptures tells us they will be taken from us. Why are you fighting a fight of something that is already lost to begin with? Because the Bible tells us that this is going to happen. Why are we so desperate in keeping the things that matters the, the least and not fighting the fight of, of the heart, the heart, you know, and because the heart is deceitful. People need to know the things of the heart. They need the Holy Spirit, and they can never do that unless they believe in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And so my, my fear is that a lot of Christians in the last days, they, whether it's COVID or tyranny of some companies and some conglomerates because we see globalization everywhere i'm the first person to believe there is globalization there is one world government one world religion one world economy the antichrist is preparing the stage to rise i i know all of that but on the other hand i don't stand and say it shall never happen i know it will happen the bible tells me it will happen god wrote these things not so we will consider that it might happen he told us what in his heart, in his eyes, it had already happened. So what matters is, is how will people be when these things happen? We need to give them the hope of Jesus, not the, you know, the, the anger to go and fight in the streets and burn half of the city because this is it. It's your freedom. Or no, free. he who has the son is free indeed. That's mm. the true freedom people needs. Amen, amen. I mean, we're drawing near to the end of the program. We have about uh, a minute and 20 seconds last, uh, left. So I, I'd like to touch on, on one more thing. And, and if you may close in, in one sentence with regard to this, what is the most encouraging point for you this past month that you look at and you're saying this is something that we can draw from? that the Lord has given us to be encouraged by? All, the, everything that we see around us, the geopolitical uh, developments that we see around us brings me to the to the belief that our soon gathering to, to be with the Lord is, 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 is closer than we ever thought. I'm encouraged by that. Seek the things which are above, the Bible says. That's what I want to think of. It says here in, in uh, Jeremiah 17 that... Um, as for me, I have not hurried away from being a shepherd who follows you. You know what came out of my lips. Uh, it was right there before you. Do not be a terror to me. You are my hope in the day of doom. Let them be ashamed who persecute me, but do not let me be put to shame. Let them be dismayed, but do not let me be dismayed. Bring on them the day of doom, and destroy them with double destruction. But ultimately, the one true God is our Father, and He loves His children, and we can derive hope from that. Emil, thank you so very much for being part thank of uh, this uh, uh, broadcast today. I'd like also to thank our viewers. May God bless you and encourage you. Uh, and regardless of what's happening around, stay focused on Him. So God bless. Shalom, and we will see you next time. 
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.